You're listening to Legal Talk Network. Hello and welcome to another special report here on Legal Talk Network. My name is Alan Pierce. I'm an attorney practicing workers' compensation law in Salem, Massachusetts. Today's show is recorded on location at the Workers' Injury Law and Advocacy Group Conference at the Bacara Resort in Santa Barbara, California. Joining me today is Billy Marie Morrison. She's an attorney with the office of Craig B. Kenny and Associates in Las Vegas, Nevada, and she is one of the presenters uh, at our conference, and she is discussing and will discuss with us briefly uh, issues surrounding social media and the ethical considerations that we as attorneys have to pay attention to, and not only that, have our clients pay attention to. So again, welcome to Willig's conference, and welcome to uh, the special reports on Legal Talk Network. Thank you very much for having me. Okay, I'm intrigued by the subject matter of your uh, presentation here. As I have seen in my practice, an increasing use by insurance companies of access to social media. However, the things I have to think about that we as attorneys have to think about go far beyond what perhaps insurance companies might find out about our clients. So why don't you give us an overview of perhaps that and some of the other issues that perhaps we don't give enough attention to that could be very important. Okay. Well, generally, there's the the issues that everybody always thinks about, the marketing, the advertising, the hiring of staff. But I think what happens in law firms and as lawyers is we allow for our personal lives and our professional lives to blend over. So we might have a personal blog, and we don't mean to have it turned into a professional blog, but as lawyers, we we talk about what we do for a living, and, and it just blends over into everything. So doing so, if we have personal blogs and Facebook pages and tweets, we have to remember that once we start talking legally, we are we're bound by all of our ethical obligations, whether it's um, advertising, whether it's client representation, attorney-client privilege, um, scope of representation, whether it has to do with um, representing the client correctly in terms of what we can do and what we're good at, um, not saying that we're an expert in something that we're not. So there are so many other considerations besides what we think about all the time. Don't, don't put pictures on Facebook. And client confidentiality. Absolutely. Client confidentiality. There is a gal in a, in a state, and she did, um, she did, I believe she's licensed again, criminal defense work. Um, she started blogging about her client, and what she put out on the Internet was very easy to find this client. She put personal information out. She compromised her representation. She lost her license for six months. Really? It was innocent, very innocent with a blog. Uh, it's very easy for uh, those of us who are attorneys to become and, and, and be aware of this, but you know, you brought something up, our staff. Correct. Staffing is really, really important. We talk about when we hire clients or clients hire us um, to have a social media policy, but we also need to do so with our staff. What happens is, especially as these younger generations are coming in, they're so good at the internet, on their phones, apps, much better than we are, and we forget what they're doing every day. If you look at um, the statistics, the majority of Facebook u- users log in five times per day. And so a lot of that's going to happen at work. And what, what we see happening is employees saying things on Facebook, in tweets, that have a negative um, 
implication not only in the law firm but can jeopardize our representation of our clients. And I, I did this speech a couple months ago and, and I took a survey and I had everybody send in some information, but some of the comments that we got were staff members saying, oh my God, I can't wait for this day to be over. All these clients are so stupid. I wish they would just go away. Um, you know, my too bad my boss is married. He's hot. I mean, and that has so many negative implications on what we do as lawyers, as far as running a business, that we have to make sure when we hire people that we let them know what the social media policy is for the firm. You know, there are all sorts of, uh, you know, attendance policies, sexual harassment policies, social media policy. Right. Is this something that you incorporate in, in a, a document at the time of hire? Right. Yes, absolutely. Is there um, a template for this or is this something that... Well, I was an HR director before I went to law school and so it's something that I take very serious. Um, we, we, we have it in our handbook. It's part of our um, orientation when we hire a new staff and it's something that's ongoing when we have our staff meetings and then... Um, it's something that whoever is the manager of specific departments are responsible for making sure that the their members, their team members, are abiding to the, the policy. But it doesn't take much to monitor it because things are so integrated these days. Everybody is linked to everyone. So if somebody puts something out on Facebook or maybe a tweet, it usually gets back to us pretty quickly, sometimes before we even realize it. Um, but the other thing... Part of that is nowadays where there are so many mobile applications, anything on the Internet has a mobile you know, counterpart to it. So kids or you know, young staff members are not even just young, but they just seem to be so much better. So everything is on their phone, and it's so quick and easy to do that something checking in at lunch you know, becomes a staffing issue, becomes a human resource issue, and then becomes a law firm practice issue. Really? And as lawyers, the other thing that we're bound by our ethical rules is managerial responsibilities. So that is an ethical consideration. It's not just a practice. It is not just best practices. It's something that our license is tied to. What about friending your staff or friending opposing counsel or friending the, the adjudicators in your claims? I, I, I'm on Facebook. And uh, I see a lot of my clients are actually friends with administrative judges we practiced before. I don't do that, and I'm a little concerned about that, and I'm surprised the judges are accepting those invitations. Right, and that's a great point, and that's a, a part of my presentation, um, is the whole judicial role and whether or not we should be friending people on social media. I don't, whenever one of my friends becomes a judge, I immediately take them off of all my social media um, forums, but some choose to stay on it. The judges, um, they're bound by their own rules of conduct, and every state is a little bit different. ALJs, we use ALJs in work comp. Um, they're a little bit different than district court judges right. who are we, elected. Same thing in mass. They're not members of the judiciary. They're members of the executive branch. So they have a, there's a code of administrative judges, but it's much looser right. than it is for judicial uh, judges. I say it's better to be safe than sorry I because agree. you don't want to have any connection to a judge out there that could be potentially making a ruling on your client's case. Um, because no, the other you, side sees that, then there's grounds for appeal. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's. I don't think you'd ever want to put that out there. So I say better to be safe than sorry. Now, and you say you have, a, you, you have a, a staffing agreement uh, on uh, social media. What about for your clients? How do you advise them? Uh, and are there some ethical constraints on advising a client 
to delete something that you know is already out there because it could be discoverable? Is there some type of potential violation that we might have by advising our clients not to do something or take something down that's up there? Spoliation, which is destroying evidence, for example. Right, litigation holds. Um, so the first part of your question was about you know, how to advise your clients. Um, we recommend it's either in the retainer agreement or the letter of representation or both. Um, I have a conversation with my clients. I get very specific with them. And I'll give you two different examples. One is it was an instance um, with a client. It wasn't my client. It was my friend's client. And he was a volunteer peewee football coach. And he was completely off work, had back surgery, had a lot of restrictions. Well, during the course of football season, the parents would take pictures and they would post them. And he was tagged in some photos on Facebook. Because as we know now, as soon as an injured worker makes a claim, defense counsel or claim suggestors are immediately on every social media forum that they can. You know, looking before the injured worker even gets a lawyer. So stuff is already out there. And, and it's already in their folder as far as what they do every day or once a week they check this person's social media website. So this person that was the football coach, they suspended, they suspended his benefits. Really? Um, they, because he was tagged in a photo. And what it was was um, a game that this team had won. Um, another parent took the picture, and they posted it, and he was tagged. So the adjuster was able to see that this person got tagged, sent it into defense counsel, suspended his benefit. Another example, which was my client, um, he was an avid hunter. And uh, same thing, back surgery. He goes on the hunting trip, supposedly doesn't hunt. I believe my client, he didn't hunt. A lot of group pictures were taken with the dead deer, holding guns and rifles, they suspended his benefits saying that he was, you know, doing things in his personal life which exceeded his restrictions. So you have to have that conversation with clients and you have to be open and you have to say it's not just you because every single person you speak with, they say, oh, no, I would never put anything on Facebook. No, I don't do any Facebook. And then you start asking, what does your wife do? What do your kids do? Um, an example that I give of me is my sister-in-law a couple years ago, we were at the beach. She posted a picture of me with my two nieces. It was the worst picture in my whole life. I looked so horrible, <laughs> and I would never want, and I never even knew it was on there, but somebody that's connected to me on Facebook said, hey, you were at the beach. What beach were you at? And I'm like, how did they know I was at the beach? Go on Facebook. I was tagged in a photo. Yeah. And as we know, these things don't ever disappear. Absolutely. They don't go away. Um, and which is why going to the second part of your question as far as deleting things, um, we advise clients to not delete anything. If they do feel like they need to delete something for personal reasons, um, somebody else put it on there, then they can take a snapshot of it and they can provide it to us. Um, we can't completely control people's life and we have free speech in this country and we, you know, we, we don't really want to put complete restrictions on what people can and can't do every day. We have to respect the Constitution, but we also have to respect the fact that when somebody, which we explain to our clients, when you're making this claim, you're in an adversary or in your, you're making a claim you're in litigation, things change and you have to keep that in the forefront. It's kind of like speeding. You know, you're not supposed to speed. Most people speed. You probably speed with um, your car, and but you take the, you know, suffer the consequences. Right. Well, we've reached the end of our time this okay. uh, this morning. I want to thank Billy 
Marie Morrison for joining us. If our listeners have questions or wish to follow up with you, how can they reach you? Um, they can email me at bmorrison, M-O-R-R-I-S-O-N, at cplaw, or they can call me at 702-380-2800. Well, again, thank you very much, Billy Marie. This thank has been you. another edition of Special Reports. I'm Alan Pierce. Until next time, thank you for listening. Thank you, Alan. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer.